This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with TT. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. 24 minutes after 6 on the Power Breakfast. Uh, good morning uh, to you. Let's start uh, um, here then, shall we? The Commission of Inquiry into the Usindis, or building fire, in which 76 people lost their lives, continued to hear test- or evidence uh, yesterday. The Commission heard how two people were involved in turning the block of flats into an informal set- settlement where shacks in which settlements, uh, informal, uh, into which six shacks were erected. I beg your pardon. Witnesses told the panel of commissioners that he was approached by two men a few years ago asking that he join them to erect informal structures in the building. Uh, Kenneth Dube, that's the witness's name, has told the commission that he moved into the place in 2019 before the property was uh, turned into a hive um, of crime. Let's speak to the coordinator of the Marshalltown Fire Justice Campaign, uh, Mametwe Sebei. Good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. Morning to you and to listeners of PowerFM. You know, let's uh, let, I think before we even delve into the details of what was revealed by this witness yesterday, is, uh, you know, you, the whole thing with this Usindiso building is one has to ask the question as to what happened from the point when it was actually Usindiso and it was used by the Department of Social Development. What was, how is it that it was allowed to get to a point where anybody could just, well, criminals could take over? I mean, that's a question that we have got to ask of all about 224 of these buildings in total, according mm. to the city of Johannesburg, um, that are there in the inner city, which um, have been, if you like, abandoned by their owners, most of whom obviously are the city of, jo- I mean, the city of Johannesburg and other public, you know, um, or public works, um, or few of whom, you know, are private owners. I mean, we are not living in a banner republic um, where you could argue there's a complete breakdown mm-hmm. of the law and order, where there is no criminal justice system to prosecute people that, uh, you know, hijack people's property. Now, you could see that um, there are vested interests. Vested interests within the inner city, you know, administration and its operators that one makes sure that they facilitate um, this illegal transfer of ownership, particularly from the state to private individuals, in particular the organized criminals. Mm. Um, and I think the political establishment that turns a blind eye, and we would argue or speculate that for the political establishment, if not because they also directly benefit mm. um, from these networks, it is because it is very easy and convenient for them to be absolved of responsibility mm. to provide services, water, electricity, and other basic amenities mm. that make life possible and decent if they are, of course, continue to you know, take responsibility mm. for these buildings. I suppose something that also should not come as a surprise, again, that, was, uh, that came out in the testimony yesterday, is the fact that uh, police, the very people who are 
once we find ourselves in this situation, never mind how we got there, where we find a building overrun by criminals, uh, you know, and apparently drug lords that were infiltrated the, the, the building, that, uh, you know, it should not come as a surprise to hear that, no, well, the problem here is that we are dealing with uh, uh, police that are also corrupt, who are coming every now and again to collect the bribes from these, uh, uh, or, you know, from these criminals. It shouldn't. I mean, just think about yourself, right? Mm. Um, even just your own house. Let, let's take an example about your own house. How many times can you default without authorities knocking on your door? Exactly. On your, you know, on your, on your rates, and, 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 you know, somebody somewhere is going to take you to court. Somebody somewhere is going to attach your property. And very soon before you know it, the property no longer belongs to you. Mm. But to, you know, Either the state, either the person who has bought it on auction, mm. and, and then there will be sheriff on your doors. Mm. And, and once the sheriff, once you ignore the sheriff, the police will be knocking. Now, if that is a situation with your own building, how is it possible, and this is a point that I'm trying to say, if that's a situation with your own house, how is it possible that 224 massive buildings, mm. right, could be hijacked? In our most developed industrialized city, not only in South Africa, mm. but in a continent, and yeah. nobody, yeah. entire operators of the criminal justice system, including the police, who are many in their thousands in the inner city of Johannesburg. And I'm not just talking about South African police. I'm talking here about, you know, the city and, and, and you know, Johannesburg Metro Police, the SAPS. There is all manner and layers of security. And yeah. in the city of Berlin, yeah. you could have that situation happening mm. without collaboration, without complicity um, of people who think this is impossible. Yeah. And one has to say that also, uh, what is also disturbing is that, uh, you know, to your point about the fact that if it were happening to me, if I defaulted on water and electricity, all of that, I'm cut off so quickly, you know, uh, that uh, you can't help but say that also this is also because yeah, there are poor people living in these areas that this sort of thing happens. Because uh, why is it that then it's, it's allowed to get to the state? It would not happen in a suburbia, for example, um, in an apartment block that's in Santin, this kind of thing would never be allowed to happen. Yes, and you see this not only, I mean, in the horrific conditions of complete degradation and, 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 and deliberation that these buildings are allowed, you know, to be in, and, and, and where, you know, the people are just living, mm. like, you know, you know, horrendous life horrendous life that um, are simply incompatible with the idea that we want to build yeah. a society yeah. based on human dignity, Absolutely. human equality, and every of those rights in the constitution becomes meaningless in the face of those conditions, right? Let me just say. It is also the way that they respond, for instance, um, to the tragedy itself that shows these are people in complete contempt of the poor, in complete contempt of our cause, in complete, you know, with a bureaucratic indifference to the mm. plight and the suffering mm. of the vast majority of the people in this country. Now, Mr. Sibay, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for talking to us this morning. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, he is the coordinator of the Marshalltown Fire Justice Campaign. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za 
or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.